When you say listen to it, do you mean, like, can the listeners just listen to it? Yeah. That would be a copyright violation. I know. And we are skirting that line every episode. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Opus Podcast. This is our podcast on Raveling Songs. My name is Lana Holgado. I am a musician, producer, and tax-paying citizen. And what's up, everybody? My name is Josh Kumar. I am a co-host, podcast producer, and a guy who's bad at coming up with a third thing to describe himself. Too bad we've locked ourselves into this format. We have. I've made my bed, and I will lie in it. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I hope it's comfy. Yeah, with this new mattress that I just bought. Yeah? Yeah. Hashtag not spawn. But if anyone, if any mattress companies want to sponsor our podcast, yo, Casper, hit us up. We will talk mm-hmm. all the smack yeah, my, against my no, my no, no, no. I got my mattress from Puffy because my parents got their mattress from Puffy, and I really liked it, so I got my mattress from Puffy, and it's the same deal as Casper, but apparently Ca- Casper is old, and you know, yeah, Puffy, down and out. Well, I mean, you know, if Casper wants to sponsor us, we will retract everything. <laughs> We yeah. will, we will if, dub these things over. Like, you'll never have any evidence otherwise. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But we're not a mattress podcast, yeah, Lana. What are we? We are a podcast that unravels songs. And we got a couple good ones up for you today. Yeah. So first up, we have our first segment, Song Swap. Song Swap. Song Swap. Love that music intro. I hate intro. it. I hate it. It's I hate, the we need to get rid of it. You We're need gonna... to leave this part in, Joshua. We <laughs> need to get rid of it. <laughs> I, I think the people like it. I think our, our core fans like it. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you enjoy it. Anyway, yeah. this week I gave Lana Moonlight by Jay Z. Y'all stuck in La La Land. Even when we win, we go lose. Y'all got the same fucking flows. I don't know who is who. We got the same fucking watch. She don't got time to choose. We stuck in La La Land. We got the same fucking moves. Alright, look, y'all already know who Jay is. He's one of the best rappers who's ever lived, born Sean Carter, and grew up in the Marcy housing projects of Bed-Stuy, dropped out of high school, and made his living drug dealing until his rap career began taking off. His success in the rap game propelled him to superstar status, which he leveraged into relationships both personal and professional. Personal relationships helped him discover and promote the next generation of new artists from Kanye West to Rihanna and land himself into a marriage with the lovely Beyonce. His professional relationships made him one of the highest profile entrepreneurs in America and one of only nine black billionaires in this country. His most recent solo album, 444, has Jay at his most introspective, surveying himself, his status, the current state of the rap industry, and the unique role black Americans find themselves playing in this country. His song Moonlight captures all of these topics playing over a sample of Fuji Law cut together by a veteran producer, No ID. Look, I know killers, you know killer, huh? Baby, they made me not a gorilla, huh? Glorified sea filler, huh? Stop walking around like y'all made thriller, huh? The title of the song, never spoken in the lyrics, references the infamous mix-up at the Oscars where La La Land, a film with a predominantly white cast, was given best picture over the real winner, Moonlight. The controversy ending up overshadowing the actual accomplishment that a majority black film was able to win Best Picture. The line, even when we win, we gon' lose, points out that even when black Americans do succeed, they do so in a system that's designed for them to fail. 
So they're just giving more legitimacy and playing back into the hands of those who don't benefit from their success. For instance, black excellence and success is often held up as an example that racism doesn't exist, often by the very same perpetrators of that racism. But Jay also extends his criticisms to those in the rap industry, firing off a criticism of young rappers appropriating the street life with lines, fake Dracos all in the videos, we show them, we shoot them in my city though. Fake Dracos all in the videos. We show, we shoot them in my city, though. I don't post no threats on the internet. I just pose a threat. Blame the ES for that. I don't be on the gram. Going ham. Giving information to the park. That's all spam. Please don't talk about guns that you ain't never gonna use. Y'all always tell on yourself. I'm just so fucking confused. That last line seems to be a shot at Bobby Shmurda, who famously had a judge debate whether or not he could be held liable for rap lyrics that were proposed as evidence in a crime he committed. He extends this criticism out to the entire music industry in general, and the trap that artists find themselves in with his next verse. Y'all still signing deals, still, after all they done stole for real. Y'all niggas still signing deals, still, after all they done stole for real. After what they done to Lauren Hill. This is interesting because success is often seen as getting a record deal in the music industry, but keeping with the theme of even when we win, we gon' lose, deals just trap you into servitude for a company that will reap the benefits of your artistry without really caring for any of your personal interest there. This also applies to um, the sample that is being used here. Fuji La, which was famously had the chorus song by Lauren Hill, uh, who Jay-Z name checks in the song later on, had a lot of uh, issues with her label, especially with the creation of uh, her solo album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and all the ensuing lawsuits that sort of came out of there. So even though they made such an iconic album and uh, one of the greatest, I would say, in the American canon, it also led to a lot of pain and a lot of issues for the artists that were involved there. Lauren Hill herself even ran into trouble with the law later on in her life, uh, finding herself guilty of tax evasion, having to spend a certain amount of time in jail for that. Not tax evasion. Not tax evasion. I, was it legitimate? I don't know. Lauren's kind of crazy, so maybe it was her fault. But still, you know, poor Lauren Hill. The song also applies sort of in a metatextual reading to uh, Jay-Z's himself. So in capitalistic America, doing what he did, which is get, attaining billionaire status, is seen like that's the pinnacle of the accomplishment. That's what everybody wants you to do, right? But we're also in a sort of a point in our cultural touchstone where we're sort of realizing that having that wealth maybe might not be so moral, right? So even when you win and you acquire like all the wealth and all the success that you're told you're supposed to, you're still going to lose. You're still um, part complicit in a system that's holding people down. And that's ultimately the biggest pain here. And then really trying to figure out your place in that is I think a struggle a lot of us find ourselves today because you know, what are we supposed to do? Are we not supposed to achieve success and be financially viable and independent, build generational wealth um, because it is part of like a bad system? But on the other hand, like Jay says in one of his songs, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. So, um, you know, not to pull class politics too much into this, uh, but I think it's just an interesting concept to think about. Music video is also uh, really incredibly fascinating. Uh, so it features an all-black shot-for-shot remake of the TV show Friends, where Gerard Carmichael, playing Ross, is confronted by Hannibal Burris about the poor quality of the show. Be 100% honest with me, what'd yeah. you think? Garbage. What? It was terrible, Garbage. man. <laughs> it was whack as shit. Yeah. It was just 
episodes of Seinfeld, but with black it's people. Friends. Who asked for that? And Gerard gets a little disillusioned after this is brought up and zones out of the scene that they're shooting. But Issa Rae, who's playing Rachel, brings him off set and tells him to go outside, where Gerard finds himself sitting on a bench in full view of the moonlight. We then hear the sound La La of La La Land winning Best Picture over Moonlight. It's been brought up that the music video is a bit of a commentary that the TV show Friends itself was actually a white ripoff of Living Single, which starred six black friends who are dealing with their own relationship dynamics. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, that's why the music video is so cool. Yeah? But is this... that like a common thing that people know? No, it's not. That's why it was like... Interesting. It brought that discourse back. But that continues to play with the idea of even when we win, we gonna lose. Even when you make a great TV show, ultimately sanitizing it for a white audience makes it an iconic show. And even if you're doing a remake of the white show that was originally a ripoff of a black show, and everybody's still getting paid, you're still playing into the game of the white executives who set your people up in the first place. Thank you for that TED Talk, Joshua. I had a lot of thoughts, man. Like, comment, and subscribe. As you were talking, I was like, but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? And then you addressed all the things that I was going to say. So, good job. What were you like, but what about it? Uh, well, one of the things was just like, yeah, but what about Jay-Z? He's so rich. And it's like, but then you addressed that. Yeah. Um, and I like I liked your through line of everything, you know, because you know me and my... Affinity for not listening to lyrics. <laughs> you fixated on the one lyric that I understood, which was even if when we honest, even when we win, we gonna lose. Even yeah. when we win, we gonna lose. How come I always sing things when I try to reference them and you just say them? Like because I can't person. sing. I but don't me, want people. But I don't. It's not like I'm singing them well. Okay, I. I don't, you can actually sing well is the thing. Like I could, but Yeah, you could. You're, you're choosing not to. It's not a I, choice I'm, for me. Yeah, I mean, but like, if I wanted to, if I tried my darndest, I could not sound like Jay-Z. I mean, you don't gotta sound like Jay-Z, you just gotta sound. Even when we win, when we, we gon' lose. <laughs> what is that? Um, anyway, first of all, I just, I do think that when rappers try to like appropriate, you know, street life, I don't listen to a lot of rap, but, and I also, like, at this point, it's like, I don't know enough about your lives or where you come from, but, like, if something comes out that you're like, yeah, I was just, like, trying to, like, pretend that I lived this life, I'm like, that's tacky. Mm. That's pretty tacky. Um, like, there's a lot of struggles going on in the world, and uh, just don't try to appropriate pretty tacky yeah um it like you know when people you know when you like the the flexing culture and like the fake hood culture it just perpetuates this idea for people that like there's a certain way to behave and it takes away from all of, of the art that actually says something and it's just, just don't be tacky yeah what else do i have to say in the last episode um Taylor Ash, our guest, mm -hmm. was talking about the same thing that um, Jay-Z is talking about here, where like record, record deals are often very predatory, and her hot take was that they shouldn't exist anymore. And I don't know enough about the industry to know like what you should do instead and how to restructure the music industry, but, you know, I, I yeah, based off of, like, some accounts I've heard about, like, different 
artists having bad times with their record labels. It's not nice. Yeah. I am smart. I say good words. You do say good words. Uh, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, the thing, the last thing you said, the thing about the, you know, having to sanitize things for a white audience and having, um, and that being what success is, that really hit home. That really hit home. You know, there are like examples like Elvis, like is crowned the king of rock and roll, mm-hmm. right? For essentially doing what Chuck Berry and what like Little Richard mm-hmm. were doing like years prior, right? So like even when you do like make great art and stuff like that, when white people try to sanitize it for their own audience and stuff like that, they're going to be able to succeed. I mean, you know, from the perspective of a person of color, it's it's the inherent problem of like trying to succeed in a country that's has systems that weren't built to tolerate your success. Mm-hmm. Part of me is like, what's the point? What's the point of pursuing all of this if everything is stacked up against me and I'm just, I'm just a little fragile little flower. I like, <laughs> I don't know. But another, yeah. I I have thought this so many times. Like, if I was, if I had like the skills and like the talent that I have now, but I was like a skinny little white boy, mm-hmm. I would be so ridiculously famous right now. Mm. Like, I would have a cult following. I swear to you, I would. And I think about that all the time. To be a skinny little white boy with bad hair and a cult following, that's the dream. Mm. But also, is it... I don't think that's the dream. I wouldn't want to be a skinny little white boy. Yeah. Even uh, if I had a cult following. Yeah, yeah, like, because I would, I would, I would think that, and then it's like, but then would I even be myself anymore? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, dang, guess I gotta just keep on having no privilege. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. It's funny because like skinny little white boys do sometimes say like, ah, you know, if I was just like some Filipina like gay gender fluid person, I would have like an army worshiping me. Do they? Yeah, because they think like everything's like woke affirmative action. Like that's, Uh, yeah. That's true. Oh my God. So like there is, I guarantee you there is a separate podcast that's being recorded right now by skinny little white people. That's true. I do know a skinny little white boy like that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's funny. The but. grass is always greener. The skin is always yeah, browner. But it's like what Jay is saying at the end. He's like, grass all their grass is greener because they always raking it more, mm. right? You know, that line I like thought about a lot because it's got like multiple entendres. Like they're raking in more cash, and that's why like our grass is greener. But also like they're like, what are they doing that we're not doing? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's actually a lot of, like, what 444 is about. He has, like, an entire thing about, um, like, the story of OJ where uh, he talks about, like, how, well, I won't get into it because uh, this is not an album review. Although, like, I've just been on the kick listening to this album. It's just so good. I should listen, yeah. It's, like, I, I listened to it and I was like, I get why Beyonce forgave him. <laughs> I get why she would yeah. just be like, yeah, all right, fine. It was really that good, huh? It was that good. I mean, it yeah. had to be good. He couldn't put out a trash record to ask for her forgiveness. Yeah, well, yeah. listen to it, guys. Yeah. Not that Jay-Z really needs the streams. Nah, but 
Y'all can listen to it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. you know who also doesn't need streams? Who? Billie Eilish. Yeah, she's doing. I I remember I. I remember when she was a lot smaller than she was now, and I was like, I thought I was so cool for listening to Billie Eilish, and now she's like everywhere, and I'm like, I mean, she's still good. Yeah, but like, she, I mean, success isn't, I don't like people who are just like, oh, like they were better when they were like tiny and like. No, was she was like 14. Yeah. Of I mean, course she she's was, gonna learn more things yeah. and mature. But yeah, really biggest star in the world right now. Yeah. I think, yeah. Anyway. Um, Let's talk about. Let's talk about... You know what you do when you're the biggest star in the world? What? You write songs for Pixar. Yeah, you do. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Our next song we're going to talk about is Nobody Like You by the esteemed boy band Four Town. <laughs> By Phineas and Billy, of course. Yes. Um, Y'all know us. We've always been a four towny pod. Yeah, four towny, four town forever. Four town forever. There's five of them, but mm-hmm. it's still four town. Yeah, I just. Uh. Intro it away, Lana. Yeah. Anyway, we, you know who you you already know what it is. It's, it's turning red. The movie of the Pixar movie of the season. We love how Pixar is creating a new fantasy genre where parents actually apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot take credit for that joke. It was a meme that my cousin sent me. But I mean, it's true. Like between that and Encanto, man. Encanto, yeah. And uh, Encanto had a grandmother apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not even that's possible. Un- that's unheard of. She's like, you just got to let her go. You just got to let her do her own thing yeah. at that point. Um, but it was just a very nice <laughs> song. I enjoyed this song. It stirred something inside of me. You never know on oh my mind. Oh my, oh my. I'm never not by your side, your side, your side. I'm never gonna let you cry, oh cry, don't cry. I'm never not be alright, alright, alright. Much like the creators of Turning Red, I was an avid K-pop listener in middle school. And so everything about this movie and everything about everything, everything about this movie was like this really hit home so much and I have never felt so seen I never never mind Um, (laughs) I never felt so seen by you yeah my understanding of boy bands comes solely from Big Time Rush yeah yes so but I was like still like okay you know there's like an unnecessary rap break in there that's Mm -hmm. still appreciated Let's call it what it is, it's a masterpiece Got a whole lot of love for them city streets Tonight is the place to be Got a big boombox and a new CD Come on, everybody let's tear it up If you want mad skills, you can share with us I want everybody to stop and stare And you know why it's me Robert. Woo! 
It's very necessary. Lila, did yeah. both of them need to go? Yes. Yes. You gotta showcase all the members. How else are you gonna showcase all the members if you don't have gratuitous rap breaks? I don't know. I feel like there are other ways of singing. No. <laughs> other than like uh, talking about how you always vibe in with the city streets. Although, like, I've, I genuinely like that. I thought it was fun. Yeah. yeah. If you liked it, then it was supposed to be there. I don't know. I can like things that aren't supposed to be there. Anyway. <laughs> that was just like a diss on boy bands in general. But, yeah. Um, also, like, straight up, so I think the chorus like actually could be a real like you're never not on my mind uh, that was like i was like okay that you know people talk about like okay this song could like be a real thing i think it's because of that chorus because the chorus is genuinely like good there like the pre-chorus mm-hmm. is kind of like fun but like you can tell it's sort of like meant to be a parody song where they're like talking about my tummy or like i got friends and i got buddies like yeah. that that's like you're tr- you're genuinely like, trying to write something for like a children's song the chorus i think is something where they were actually like let's take this seriously yeah the beat was very cool piano was very cool i think it's piano right like keyboard yeah there were parts of the song that really dated it to the early 2000s like even the beginning and like the very filtered oh yeah mm-hmm. you can put that in instead of me saying it because that was really bad but it was very akin to the beginning of a Britney Spears song, you know? Was it Toxic or... No, Baby One More Time. It, it had, like, the same same vibes as that. And, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it was... It really dated the song, but also, like, grounded the movie watchers in the world that we were in. Um, and I really liked how they had a bunch of songs. And um, they were, like... Played at during they were played during different parts of the story and it just really like enhanced the lore mm-hmm. of like this is a real boy band yeah and I was very sold in it you know and it was very like you could understand like the stakes are so big because this boy band is gonna perform and we gotta see them mm-hmm. something about the ending spoiler alert for if you haven't seen Turning Red but you know when they're like they have to do the chant they're mm-hmm. they're like chanting and like singing the song at the same time mm-hmm. i like teared up listening to that because it just fit together so well mm-hmm. and it was just so like unexpected and i was just thinking about like all of, of like the finagling of like different like things that had to happen for in order to make that moment work so well in the story mm-hmm. now i i like turning red a lot because, you know, I was not a uh, young Asian girl in the early 2000s. But no, I, really? I was not. I know. It's shocking to viewers. But I did have parents who were very, like, overbearing about my education. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have any experiences about education? Yeah. Um, I have a degree. You have a degree? I do. Let me use it real quick. Hit us with that music therapy. Music therapy. Um, I don't have a degree in music therapy per se, but I would like to get one. Um, and so in researching, you know, what I need to do to get accepted to grad school, I, I know quite a bit. Um, and I've had an internship at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia for one summer. So I feel like I am authorized to tell you at least a little bit about the basics of music therapy because people don't really know what it is. Um, and basically it's just therapy, but with music and there's different uses for it. I think it's best explained through 
telling you the different uses it could be used in. Um, you can have a hospice or a palliative care setting where music can be very healing to the patient. Um, you can have, you can, um, oh, yeah. So generally the way music therapy is used is for older patients and younger patients. Um, that's just the way that it's set up right now, but I'm hoping that in the future it can expand to more things. But yeah, there's, you know. You know, like the history of music therapy, like when it was starting to get used? I don't know. I think maybe like it started to be more prevalent in the 70s, I think. Um, yeah. Um, It's still definitely an emerging practice, mm -hmm. and people, like, people don't see it as, like... It's still what, trying to yeah. get, like, its legitimacy. Yeah, like, it's, defi there's, it's definitely been proven to be effective, but, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of people are like, that's not real. It is. And um, you're, like, a professional counselor if you're a music therapist. Mm -hmm. You're not just, like, a performer. Um, okay, so you can have it in a hospice setting. Um, for dementia patients, um, people will play songs from that person's life um, or, like, different songs, and that can help unlock memories associated with the song. Um, in nonverbal autistic kids, it's a good making music together with a group can be a good way to help them socialize and have interaction with other kids um, without having to speak to them. And um, this one's really interesting and I want to learn more about it, but songwriting and song analysis can help people identify their feelings and, you know, you can go into a music therapy session and be like, and your therapist can be like, let's write a song about something. And then you write your song and then you talk about it and it's just a very nice jumping off point, and it's kind of similar to talk therapy with the musical element. What's like the curriculum like for music therapy? Like, when you're in grad school and stuff like that, what are you learning specifically? It depends. Well, they also have undergrad. Um, they also have undergrad degrees for music therapy, and um, so if you don't have a music therapy undergrad degree, you have to take like extra courses mm -hmm. that you would have taken in your um, undergrad. undergrad. Um, but a lot of it is, there's like different classes for like the different scenarios that you'll be in. Uh, and then like the different skills that you'll need. And then there's also um, the clinical component. So you'll do your rotations. And um, certain programs will have you um, the one of the ones that I was looking at at Drexel, the what's it called? The thesis is that what it's called? Your graduate thesis? capstone? I don't know, whatever they call it. But like, uh, it was optional to do research, or you could just you could like take an extra year to do research, or you could just do your clinical. Mm -hmm. um, 
Research, I I am not sure what I would be interested in. I think research is like interesting. Research of music therapy would be cool just because it's such an emerging field. Yeah, like, like there's there's like so much to learn about it. Um, yeah. The person who I was studying under, his, um, his thesis was about how playing the harmonica mm-hmm. can help kids with um, like uh, COPD. Is that what it's called? Um, COPD? Is it? With like... Like lung thingies? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. Yeah. Um, and just like, uh, yeah, like things that have to do with your lungs and like how that can be an effective, an effective rehabilitation tool, tool for them. That's really yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is an interesting intersection of... Mm-hmm music and science yeah anyway that's, that's that <laughs> this has been opus we have unraveled songs and this has been our podcast this has please follow us on all platforms mm-hmm. yeah we're on a lot of them now right joshua yeah we're on all the ones that i was like nobody listens to these ones but like you know yeah. what if you want to listen to like yeah I don't know, what are they called? Pocket cast or whatever. Mm-hmm. We got you. Yeah, when you when you type us in, remember you gotta put the dots in between. Our Instagram is Opus with Dots. Yeah, follow our Instagram guys. Follow our Instagram. I just made it. We got hot content coming there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lana's gonna bear a secret to the world. Yeah. <laughs> We're podcasters, guys. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Lana at Lana Holgado on all platforms and connect with me on LinkedIn for real. Yeah. You can follow Josh on no. the streets. Yeah. I'll be listening to them continuing mm-hmm. to respect women and yeah. those who are not conforming to the gender binary. Yeah. Just uh, send a little earthquake his way and he'll yeah. put his ear to the ground. Yeah. You know. Just, uh, just, just tell me hey. Our theme song is Underground Stars by Locks Beats. We'll see you next time, guys. High five. Take it easy, guys. Take it easy.